Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Made Hoops podcast, featuring your hosts, Eric Hampford and Brian Flynn, as they take you through everything there is to know on the grassroots basketball circuit, including a spotlight on all the emerging elite middle school basketball talent from coast to coast, including the big time Made Hoops events, highlighting tomorrow's college and NBA stars. Now it's time to lace them up and take the floor with Made Hoops. Welcome to episode eight of the Made Hoops podcast. I am your host, National Middle School Scouting Director Eric Hamford, and joined as always by our high school director of scouting, Brian Flynn. Brian, what is up? Not too much. Stuck inside, social distancing. It's uh, day two for me being responsible, and I already want to strangle people, so... It is what it is. How are you, though? Uh, I'm trying to manage like everybody else uh, during this whole global pandemic. Um, obviously, with the cancellation of the NCAA tournament, postponement of the NBA season, among a slew of other sporting events, we're all just trying to get by and stay sane without sports in our lives. So we obviously think that it's extremely important for us to continue to march on with the pod, give you guys some uh, hoop fix as we try to navigate our way through these next several weeks. So this podcast, we're going to talk specifically about our championship weekends, both from the East Coast as well as uh, the West Coast. So we're going to start off by reviewing uh, a lot of the action, what happened with our East Coast championships. So Let's start, and we'll talk about uh, the 8th grade Red Division. The New York Lightning were crowned champions, taking down Team Takeover Grant. They, they finished an undefeated season, um, one of the most dominant teams that you know the made hoop circuit has ever seen. Brian, i got to give you your props. You were in on them from day one. How does it feel to know that you were spot on with your eval on what uh, the New York Lightning would end up being in March? Well... You claim to be the middle school expert, and I'm not here to dispute that at all. But we both know that I stand for all New York City basketball, and Lightning came through in a way for me that uh, I both really needed them to, and they needed to do as a program. Absolutely. And, you know, it ended up coming down to the two teams that we thought it would be it was the Lightning and, and Team Takeover. It was an excellent game, obviously. Uh, in, in the previous podcast, we talked about, you know, if Team Takeover Grant was going to emerge victorious, they needed some different guys to step up. And honestly, some of those backcourt pieces did step up for them. Dewan Riggs had a huge weekend. Uh, Bryson Tucker had a big weekend. You know, Darren Harris, as usual, was very consistent from the outside. I mean, they, they did their part. It was It was just a matter of the Lightning are just – so deep, so talented, big, physical. I mean, there are just no weaknesses within that unit. Was there anyone in particular for the Lightning that you thought really stood out? 
Yeah, Elliot Cadeau is the first name that comes to mind. Just obviously he's been one of the best point guards all season long. It seemed like he took his game to another level and was a little more assertive in hunting his own shot this past, well, not this past weekend, but East Coast Championship weekend now. Um, but to, to your point, I think Lightning as a whole were just so deep as a unit. They could go small with guys like Tahad Pettiford or they can go big when they brought in guys like uh, Badar Diakite and kind of move guys like Tariq Watson around in their lineups. Guys like Cookie Robinson are having impact. Um, this group is just a really complete one as as a whole, and there's not a lot of holes in their game as far as what they bring as a, a five-man unit, no matter who's on the floor. Absolutely, and I think at the end of the day, it just came down to, you know, they were just so big. You know, the, Jacob Hogarth had a big weekend for them. You know, Tariq Watson was huge for them. It's just hard, no matter how talented, you know, TakeOver Grant is and was, it's just hard to match those bodies on the interior. You know, they had the perimeter firepower, which we, we knew they would have, but it's hard, man. Lightning comes at you in waves. They are eighth grade Red League champions. In the final four, we had Boo Williams, Dream Chasers, and Team Final. For Boo Williams, it was another spectacular weekend for Ben Hammond, who com- continues to prove himself to be one of the best point guards in the country. Um, fearless, you know, he's also a, a listener of the pod, so I got to shout out Ben Hammond. He gave us um, some grief over our picks. And when we picked Team United to beat them in the opening round, I definitely heard about that from him and the rest of Boo Williams in the gym. So thank you guys for listening and glad that I could motivate you guys to uh, make a Final Four run. For Team Final, Deuce Jones had a great weekend, was was just so engaged and really provided just that secondary perimeter firepower threat to Ahmad Noel that just makes team finals so dangerous year in and year out. So both of those teams had a great run as well. Who else, in your opinion, had a good weekend from the eighth grade red division? To me, I think Jackson Prunty is a guy that we need to talk about. Obviously, Team United probably is disappointed with how things ultimately played out for them. Well, not probably, is disappointed with how things played out for them. But, I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about Jaron Stevenson and, and Cam Scott. Uh, Pronti's been solid all season long and has been the engine that makes them go. And I think he showed that again in championship weekend. And it's unfortunate for them they didn't have enough to get over the hump. I mean, they had a really tough first round matchup. They did. And I think the silver lining for Team United is they have no reclasses on their team. I mean, this is this is a team that intentionally has all kids on their roster who are 14 or younger. And, you know, we've talked about it at length before that this group, if they continue to stay together, is going to grow and get, you know, so much better over the next few years. They've obviously played at the highest level. They had a great winter circuit season. And, you know, Jackson is just an example of of their group as a whole. You know, he's battled. He continues to mature. And I think next year when they hit the 15U level, they're really going to take off as a group. So, you know, hats off to Team United. They had a great, you know, great showing. I think maybe the most impressive player overall in the entire division over that weekend was Expressions Elite 6-6 wing, Jason Asamoda. He showed us some things at prior sessions. You know, he's obviously jumps off the page with his size. Um, He can get to the basket, very athletic, can play above the rim. But he's shooting at a very high clip now. I mean, there's, I, I probably would say that there's not five better perimeter wing prospects 
in the country right now than Jason is. So the bottom line is that that Northeast New England region, you already have Nazir Cunningham, Anthony Gilks. You got to throw Jason into the mix as one of those top tier elite guys. Um, I was so impressed with just the way he played and, and just how engaged he was for expressions over that weekend. I also have to mention, you know, how well Abdurrahman de Leon shot the ball for expressions as well. Legitimate 6'4", 6'4 plus wing, continues to get better. The, the hole in his game was his perimeter shooting. And, you know, at championship weekend, he really showed that, you know, he can get hot and he's, he's streaky, but when he's on, it's it's tough to stop him. So we're going to see exactly how that continues to play out this grassroots season whenever that picks back up again. We're hoping, you know, June, you know, June and July, you know, we're out of this pandemic and, and we can continue to play on so that he has that opportunity to showcase his skills. A few other guys that I was impressed with for Team Takeover Grant, uh, 6'5", wing forward Daniel Holmes. His evolution from session one to championship weekend was impressive, and I think come July, he's going to be a huge piece of, of that team that, as we already know, is is pretty dang talented. So we'll see if, if, if his emergence you know, comes to fruition. I think, again, it's going to be a potential lightning versus takeover grant, eighth grade finale, final four championship matchup. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but he could be the missing piece there. Jaden Ramirez for the New York Rens had a big weekend, shot the ball well, showed that he could be a capable scorer. He's he's been one of the most unselfish, toughest two-way guards that we'd seen in that eighth grade league. The kid is just a winner. I love his game. Um, I think he's going to continue to get better as we go on, and and he's one of those kids that's going to make an immediate impact at the high school level and and really take a team to a different level. Uh, You Play Canada had a good weekend, and and a lot of that had to do with their 6'8 big man, Stephen Osai, who is another one of those Canadian bigs who just continues to see his game grow by leaps and bounds. So Steven sees himself in in one of the top tiers for front court prospects that we've evaluated at this point. And if championship weekend was any indicator, uh, you're going to be hearing a lot more about him. For the NJ Scholars, you had point guard Nico Pena. Uh, he's been their perimeter marksman throughout the winter circuit. He continued to show some you know, clutch shot-making ability as well. The Staten Island native still deciding on where he is going to go for high school, but you can imagine that all the schools you know, in the, in the tri-state area are trying to get his services. Really talented kid and probably one of the most skilled point guards in the league, definitely one of the most skilled perimeter shooters. Now, let's talk a little bit about the 8th grade green division. Championship game, Free Bands Elite, Steamrolled, Team Breakdown North, who went on you know, a surprising run of their own. They had a, they had a great season overall and a you know, bit of an upset in the semifinals. They took down Team Durant. We both thought that Team Durant and Free Bands might be on a collision course. Team Breakdown North had something to say about that, but it was ultimately Free Bands Elite who has proven since day one that their perimeter firepower was just too much for anyone else to deal with. I was particularly impressed with Elijah Crawford, Levante Ivory for Free Bands. Who were you impressed with in the Green Division at Championship Weekend? Yeah, you mentioned Breakdown North. Reggie Lewis and, and Jovan Milosevic are two guys that really feature for them. Uh, Jovan being a 6'7 stretch four gives them a different dimension. 
um, has shown some shot blocking ability throughout this season. I mean, I think he's one of the higher upside guys on that team. And then Reggie Lewis has just been so solid, uh, super quick. He's been able to get to the rim whenever he wants. Uh, once that shot improves, he'll get, um, you know, you'll see him kind of being highly recruited going into the high school ranks in, in Canada next year. But he's definitely a guy that I got my eyes on. And then um, for the Lightning, I would say Jack Vasquez. We've talked a bit about him before, the 6'4 forward. Uh, I think is a kid who could find his way into some minutes next year as a freshman just because of how tough he is and willing to uh, make the kind of small winning plays that not a lot of guys at this age are, are ready to make yet. Absolutely. I was I was so impressed by Jovan Milosevic. I mean, he's already got that size, like you said, in the neighborhood of 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, can stretch the floor, great motor. He was huge in that upset of Team Durant. Um, I really think that his game translates, you know, to the next levels. Um, it's going to be fun to watch, you know, kind of the way that his development goes north of the border. I thought Eliza Redfern quietly had a great circuit for Team Durant. You know, he's been on our radar since last year when he was running the show for Team Durant. Seventh grade group uh, continues to grow, continues to become more physical, getting better at finishing at the rim. And for Team Takeover Oladipo, anchoring the inside for them, you have 6-3, DJ McWilliams, another staple with their group who's been with them the past two years. You know, he's going to end up being a high-level football recruit in the DMV. Um, Already hearing that, you know, he's probably one of the best DN prospects in the country at this early stage. So we're going to see exactly how far he goes with the basketball career. But either way, you're going to see him at a high major school, probably playing football. But he is he's awesome right now at this level. And, you know, there's not many guys on the low block that can stop him from getting to where he wants to go. So congratulations to both Team Breakdown North and Free Bands Elite. Free Bands came in from day one, controlled the league pretty much from start to finish outside of a blemish uh, at session three when they lost to Team Durant. But they are your eighth grade Green League champions. Moving on to our 7th grade Blue Division, our championship game had Hugh Play Collective winning over the New York Gauchos. In that final four, we had Black Ops and Team Final as well. What were some of your takeaways from that 7th grade Blue Division? My biggest takeaway from that 7th grade Blue Division uh, was actually a consolation game in which each one teach one played Boo Williams, so two of the best wings in that class, and Jameer Jones for each one teach one, and Jamal Brown, obviously, Boo Williams has already got a ton of hype uh, and got a little bit viral with his videos just because of his size and ability to finish above the rim already. Um, That was a really fun matchup to watch because the two of them definitely didn't back down from one another. Uh, unfortunately, Boo looked like they knew they were in consolation, whereas each one teach one came out firing and the lead just got so big in the first half that Boo wasn't able to really make a comeback. But just to see two elite members of that class both kind of show that alpha dog mentality and that fight really early was something that's going to stick with me for both of them for years to come. Yeah, so going back to the championship side of things, Keon Fuller is one of the most impressive bigs we have in this class, and he was able to help his team to a championship. I know there are some other guys on that team who really produced, uh, but I will leave them for you to talk about them. 
Yeah, so another another pat on the back for us. We kind of have been high on this Uplay Collective group since the beginning of the year, and a lot of that comes back to the continuity that we've talked about with them. They're a group that's pretty much the same team as they've had last year. So these guys all know each other's games. They know how to support one another. It's just truly a team, right? And they have talented guys, like you said, Keon Fuller, one of the best bigs we have in the league, Josiah Sutton, one of the best guards. We saw a little bit of the emergence of Josiah Romero as just a steady perimeter shooting prospect. Um, Isaiah Spencer. I mean, the list goes on with them. They just have such a good overall group of talented kids who – you know, it's it's one goal among them, and that's just to win games. And you could say the same thing about the Gauchos, too, and that's why the Gauchos is in the championship game. It's never about who gets the accolades, who gets the media attention. They don't care about that. It's, it's a really unique group of New York City kids who they're all about just winning point-blank period. It's not about anything uh, being selfish as far as who gets the attention who gets to score 20 no it's never like that you never know who's gonna who's gonna you know score for them who's gonna star for them this past week it was Trayvon Lewis and he had a really big weekend overall he's been solid the entire winter but it looked like he took his game to a different level Um, going back to what you originally talked about that high level wing matchup between Jameer Jones and Jamal Brown they are absolutely two of the top five wings in the country in that class I haven't seen uh, any other guys who are really on that level yet Um, obviously you're going to have guys who emerge but right now those two between their size and their ability are just a cut above Um, that being said each one teach one another guy I'm keeping my eye on moving forward is their 6'5 post Amari Davis he's just not there yet as far as production and and just being a constant threat he's still kind of learning the ropes learning how to be aggressive learning just how to rebound in his area and just be physical but I think that's going to come over time and I think when we're talking about the winter circuit next year he's going to be one of the premier names there and we know all about their you know, perimeter firepower that that group already has. Now, was there anybody else in that seventh grade blue division that you thought was a standout? Yeah, there's one more guy that I want to talk about, and that's Christian Jeffrey uh, of the New York Wrens. He really kind of came alive in Maryland during session three, and he's continued that strong play since. Uh, pretty physical, slashing guard, probably 6'2", has good vision, is able to get in the lane, and really plays with a high IQ. I mean, the Wrens definitely had a lot of firepower on the perimeter this year, but him kind of coming on late and then becoming a a pseudo leader of sorts late on in the season was definitely a big boost for them. Absolutely. So moving down the list, we move to our seventh grade purple division where the championship game was the NJ Shore Shots against Grind Academy out of North Carolina. The Shore Shots ended up winning this championship. And again, it was a a group that, you know, pretty much controlled the division from start to finish. What was your overall takeaway on the New Jersey Shore Shots? Yeah, this is one that we both talked about, the Shore Shots being our picks before the weekend tipped off uh, to pat ourselves on the back again, which seems to be happening a lot all of a sudden. Uh, We were both right. And yes, Rice definitely made a difference as far as the coaching goes. uh, And Monroe was able to control the interior. But there are a lot of really talented guards on that team that um, I think 
guys who aren't as tough wouldn't be able to handle the way that Rice coaches, which is why he has the team he has in place. Um, and those guys are really good about taking his message out of the way he delivers it and just kind of being productive about it. So I think they're going to be an interesting group moving forward, especially going into next season where they're probably going to look to defend here. But, I mean, they really controlled the whole division from wire to wire. Absolutely. I was obviously a big fan of David Monroe throughout the year. I thought Ryan Pryor was, you know, a big piece of of their puzzle, just providing another bigger body, a a guy who could shoot it from the wing as well, can kind of do a little bit of everything for that group. And as you would expect, they just had a slew of talented, you know, perimeter prospects as well. Now you talk about Grind Academy, you had Ariel Jones, who has been maybe outside of David Monroe, the the next most dominant player in that division, uh, talented wing prospect that we've talked at length about uh, throughout the season. I was really impressed with two of their perimeter prospects as well, and Jalen Connor and Kamari Cook, both scrappy guards who could knock down shots. So they were another group that, you know, just as far as a talent standpoint was, you know, on another level than, you know, most of the other teams in this division. Now, rounding out that final four, we also had the Brampton Warriors and Blue Wave Elite. Uh, Blue Wave Elite has uh, Cooper Flag, you know, 6'4", wing forward type. Uh, obviously one of the best long-term bets in that division, one of my personal favorites in that league. I thought they had a good weekend overall from their point guard, Caden Bedard, who is only going to get better as he continues to grow and mature. Um, now, as far as Rising Stars Elite go, I was a fan of the point guard play of Jermaine King Jr., who now for multiple sessions has shown that he's one of the better guards in that division as well. Was there anyone else in that division that you thought you know made waves, or we just about covered it? I think we about got it, but I will say that I do agree with you as far as Ariel Jones. I think he's probably been the second best player all season long behind David. Um, and as another kid that should they return next year will definitely be a factor in whatever division he ends up in next season. Absolutely. I think if you put David Monroe, Ariel Jones, and Cooper Flagg all together, that's a top three that nobody really can can argue. Those guys have been as steady and consistent as anyone in that seventh grade purple division all season long. So let's talk a little bit about our sixth grade divisions now. The sixth grade Grey League Championship, as we expected, was one for the ages with above all cost, uh, taking down Black Ops in that revenge game. What did you see from those teams, maybe not even just that championship weekend, but throughout the winter circuit? I mean, I think it's easy to say that those two are, are the class of that gray division. Um, for me, part of this championship game is definitely the, the old mantra of it. It's hard to beat somebody multiple times, right? And I think that kind of played out here. Uh, not to take anything away from above all costs because they definitely earned that victory. But um, overall, I do think it's it's harder when you've already beat somebody to, to go into that game and be like, all right. We need to be on our P's and Q's, especially at this age where these kids are still kind of just, um, you know, sixth grade is still kind of transitioning from this is fun. We're kids to all right. Now things are starting to get a little more serious. Do I want to pursue this? So I think it's very interesting to kind of see that where it's a matchup between two teams who have already seen each other and how that kind of played out on the court. Absolutely. I think. 
What was even more fun about this was this was the inaugural year for our sixth grade, you know, winter circuit leagues. Um, so coming into it, we weren't exactly sure what that was going to look like. You know, we knew coming in some of the teams that were committed were were talented teams who have had big resumes, you know, over the past year, two years playing on, you know, different national level platforms, AAU nationals, etc. And now when we got them in the circuit, they saw how the seventh and eighth graders performed and the way that that environment played out. And they kind of made it their own. I mean, the, the sixth grade leagues were so much fun. And those two teams at the top are two of the top five teams in the in the country, no doubt about it. So the fact that they were kind of, you know, holding the torch for our inaugural league was was really fun. And to see those games play out the way they did. We wish we could have crowned them both champions. Obviously, above all costs, ended up winning that championship game. Jamal McKnight, uh, junior, class of 2027, but playing up on the sixth grade uh, circuit, proving his worth as one of the best players in the country at that age. Super talented. TJ Moultrie as well had a great circuit for them. For Black Ops, Sincere Folk, proved that he was one of the best sixth grade uh, guards in the country as well. A few other guys that I liked in that division, Hunter Peabody with BABC Prep, one of the best shooters in the entire league, had a great weekend. Antonio Pemberton uh, proved to be one of the best uh, floor generals in New England at this early stage. Team Jacko's big man, Emmanuel Butts, goes about 6'3 plus already, had some really nice moments during session three and championship weekend. Aim high with a really talented uh, post prospect of their own and true prince who is going to continue to grow and get better, and I'm excited to see what he'll be next year in seventh grade. The Riverside Hawks uh, have a talented wing in Jackson Sutherland. And Toronto City Elite, who ended up making a Final Four run along with E-Green Takeover, they have Jalen Simmons, who is already gaining buzz north of the border as one of the best young Canadian prospects. And Jordan Smith Jr. for uh, Team Takeover continued to show why he's one of the most uh, highly acclaimed young talents in the DMV. So let's move on to our sixth grade white division. Our champions, Rising Stars Elite, who took down USC Unleashed in arguably the best game of the entire weekend. Our final four in that division included ASA Select and DC United. What did you see from our sixth grade white division? Yeah, being able to see those semifinal games uh, was really interesting. Uh, Patrick OT was really good for ASA Select, even though they fell short. Uh, Dylan Mingo for Rising Stars is a kid that... I know that we're both very excited about for the future. His older brother, Caden, plays for Black Ops and is similarly has a very high ceiling, it seems like. So those are two guys that really stood out for me this past weekend um, as far as guys who could really kind of produce for their teams. Let's also keep in mind Dylan Mingo is also a class of 2027 prospect playing up. So you have both him and Jamal McKnight who early on are proving to be, you know, two of those premier talents in the class of 2027. But you're right. He absolutely had a, you know, fantastic weekend, knocked down a huge three to tie the game, to put that game into overtime against South Carolina Unleashed. I mean, he just 
you know, he saw the stage at championship weekend and he completely took advantage of it. Uh, a few other guys I liked for ASA Select, Justin Yuri, who, you know, along with Antonio Pemberton, those two are tracking, like I said, as two of the best point guards in that New England region uh, early on. For South Carolina Unleashed, uh, point guard Damari Bailey was impressive. Maybe the most dominant player outside of Dylan Mingo in that entire division was South Carolina Unleashed post Carter Abernathy. Uh, really big kid, high skill level, you know, great hands, finished everything around the basket. There just wasn't anybody in that division who had an answer for Carter. Great weekend for him. For Boo Williams Dream Chasers, Callan Morrison, dominant, dominant wing prospect. Um, doesn't quite have all the pieces around him yet, but, I mean, he had a 30 ball in one of the games that we saw together uh, at Fidance on Saturday morning, which was, was eye-opening. I mean, he's a really talented kid. Uh, for DC United, Jordan Clark Hippolyte had a big weekend. And then for the Brampton Warriors, Jaden Livingstone had quite a weekend as well. So, like I said, our sixth grade divisions coming into the circuit, we were you know hopeful and excited about. And both of them really delivered as far as quality teams with some really outstanding young prospects. Now... Let's hop on over to the West Coast for our championship weekend of our West Coast Winter Circuit. First, we're going to talk about our 8th grade Red Division, where in the championship game, phenomenal game, we had Paul George Elite take down Vegas Elite. That Final Four ended up including Aim High and AEBC as well. What you know really stood out to you from the standpoint of that championship game and those teams? I think there's a lot of things that we could take away from the West Coast Championship weekend. Uh, the first thing that's going to stay with me is definitely the performance of Jace Richardson in that championship game. Uh, it was clear that he was hurting all weekend, whether that was a lower back thing or a leg thing. We weren't quite sure, but uh, he gutted it out all weekend long. And, you know, they kind of tried to rest him in the semifinals when they got a chance. And there wasn't, you know, there was no sure thing that he was going to play in the championship game came out early and then kind of came back into the second half and started hitting shots. And man, when he starts hitting shots, things can get dangerous in a hurry. Um, but I mean, to me, the biggest shot that he made was that offhanded layup, kind of a little floater from like six feet in with a defender in his face off the wrong foot. And it was just like, all right, man, if you're hitting shots like that in eighth grade, like I, I have no concerns about you if you're injured and able to do this already. Yeah, I mean, it's you can't really state enough just how good Jace Richardson was at West Coast Championship weekend. Obviously, like we we've talked about, he's got the genetics. When the athleticism, you know, comes in with his skill level already, it's going to be lights out. I mean, the kid, the kid showed so much guts in playing injured and made so many big time high level shots that it was really just fun to see. It was fun to see that chess match overall. Then you had to see, you know, ZZ Clark knock down that three that sent the game to overtime. You know, James Evans, six four plus wing. Um, we haven't talked a ton about James this winter circuit and honestly on the west coast there aren't many guys his size who are better than him at this point i really saw some impressive vertical athleticism from him that 
he hasn't shown before. So that to me was like a, a major whoa moment when there was a few guys where he, you know, caught them slipping and tried to go over the top. And if he's doing that consistently, I mean, you better watch out for what, what he's going to be bringing at the 15U level and beyond as well. Was there anyone else in that division who, who really stood out to you? I mean, you stole my take on Evans. That was something that he was kind of starting to do in session two a little bit. Um, and, you know, kind of continues to improve. I think you're right that he's one of the guys that we should probably show a little bit more love to because he is an elite-level prospect right now uh, on that coast. Uh, other guys that stood out for me, Baron Silsby for AEBC, uh, big-time shooter. I know that you want to talk about Preston Lee here in a minute, so I'll leave that for you. But uh, definitely the, the kind of guy that is able to suck defenses out and give Lee an ability to get into the lane and create. Um, as well as be able to create a little bit himself and, and probably tougher than than he looks as well. Uh, Jaden Harper is uh, somebody that we are both very high on. I think he kind of started to become more of somebody who produces uh, more than just somebody who looks like they could produce down the line. It was nice to see that from him that weekend. Uh, Noah Westbrook's another kid that Obviously, Vegas Elite doesn't go on that run without him being able to provide some sort of interior force as well as be able to step out and shoot. I think he's one of the more skilled bigs we saw in the West Coast League this year. Uh, And because that perimeter is so talented, is kind of the forgotten guy out there. Um, And then finally for me, Micah Smith. uh, Obviously, I've talked about Micah quite a bit on this podcast already, but aim high is as a group, obviously very dangerous, but Micah is definitely the spearhead of that group, and he had another great weekend. Yeah, Jaden Harper is is somebody who I obviously have been touting since day one. The production hasn't always been there, but I think we really saw a championship weekend where he's starting to turn that corner, and that's where it can really get scary. You know, he kind of realized that he was, you know, a leader for that group and he stepped up in a scoring department. He was more assertive overall and we know he's going to continue to grow and evolve. I think the mental aspect is what's starting to finally change for him. And that's really big news overall for us. So I'm excited and and, and really proud of how Jaden played overall um, just because I had been forecasting it for so long. So I was hoping he was going to show us, you know, a little bit of what he can really become down the line, which he did. Now, Preston Lee, like you, you introed me for Preston has been somebody who has had so many big opportunities for his team and, and knocked down so many big shots. Fearless driver, loves to thrive on contact near the rim, quick off the dribble, uh, strong frame. You know, him and Baron Silsby complement each other very well in that backcourt, and, and they're a huge reason why that team went on a Final Four run. Micah Smith, like you already talked about, has had a great winter circuit. Noah Westbrook, I agree. You know, they wouldn't have made that run without him, just quietly been just a super skilled, you know, stretch man for them. Now, a few guys that I really enjoyed was Arizona Supremes 6'4", 6'3", 6'4", forward Donovan Franks. Um, utility guy, really quicker off the bounce around the rim, getting better as a finisher. The key for his development going forward is is improving those perimeter skills, You know, improving as a, as a, a mid-range jump shooter, a ball handler, which I think he'll be able to do. But I like what he is right now, and I think it's going to translate. And then we talk about the one-time legends. They don't 
have the league performance that they have without the steady guard play of Bryce Matthews. Bryce, you know, was great at getting to the rim, showed that he can, you know, star in transition, knew how to get the ball to, you know, his wings and in in good spots. Really happy with the evolution of Bryce Matthews and how his game translated. So, like we said, Paul George Elite, our 8th grade West Coast champions. Now let's talk a little bit about the 7th grade Blue Division, who also had an amazing championship game where the Rose City Rebels narrowly escaped with a win over Aim High. That final four also included all Vegas and Arizona Supreme. What did you particularly take away from this division? Well, I hate to say it because I'm a sore loser, but you were right about the Rose City Rebels. Um, you predicted yes, before, yeah, before the weekend. You said I think they're going to go on a run. From talking with our staff, blah blah blah, they think they got it. They feel like they have the kind of cover where they're not in the being picked as a favorite that they can sneak up on everyone, and that's exactly what they did. Um, Jalen Atkins was very, very good, but he was by far not the only player to stand out for them. Uh, I think Eric Chatfield was very good for Aim High. I think Maper or Maper Maker is a kid who is arguably the best long-term prospect given his uh, potential genetics. And I think we saw uh, Dallas Washington really step up in a way that we have yet to see this season, and it was kind of an, an impressive jump forward for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to be all aboard the Dallas-Washington train. I think he could be a very good prospect uh, in that Bay Area over the next several years. Oakland Soldiers also had a strong showing from uh, another wing prospect they have in Kellen Hampton. So the Soldiers have a bright future in that 2025 class. Going back to the championship, like you said, Jalen Atkins... Great championship weekend, great overall winner circuit. If I had to pick an overall MVP for that league, it would be Jalen Atkins after what he, you know, accomplished at championship weekend. But he was not the only player on that team. You had a big weekend from Isaac Carr shooting the ball. Nate Bunn did his best as kind of that swing man who can do some things on the perimeter, but he's a tenacious rebounder for that group. I had one coach who came up to me and said that the Rose City Rebels 7th grade group reminded them of the Spurs. And I really liked that comment because it's a group of kids who, first of all, they've played together since they were in 2nd grade. So it's not a surprise that they have such good cohesiveness among them. But they just pick their spots so well and they just keep chipping away. I had seen them throughout the weekend. They were in a few different holes where – Man, they could have turned and it could have turned from, hey, we're down six, we're down eight to we're down 12, we're down 15. They do not get rattled as a group. I mean, they stick to the fundamentals, they stick to the basics, they know how to just chip away and how to win games because they're a group that's been together for so long. And beating that aim high group, I mean, Eric Chatfield and Gavin Hightower are arguably a top three backcourt in the country, I would say, at that level. So, to do that against them is just so impressive in itself. So you just have to, you know, tip your cap to the Rose City Rebels who had to win four games in two days, and they did it. Uh, a few other guys I liked: Paul George Elite. You had Donovan Averett and Chris Kane. 
Tavion Wilson with the ABC Skyriders, kid who loves to shoot the basketball fearless. As he continues to grow, I think he's going to become more of a staple on that West Coast. And he's also a talented football player as well. Uh, For PFB, you had a a talented big man, Malachi Richardson, who proved that he's, you know, one of the most talented and physical interior players uh, in that league. Overall, I was very impressed with the seventh grade blue division on our West Coast. I thought that division was loaded from start to finish, and I can't wait to see how it translates to our eighth grade league next year. A lot of talented teams, a lot of talented players, and we'll see who emerges uh, over the next eight to 12 months. Obviously, with you know the global pandemic playing out the way it is right now, we don't see sports uh, coming up in, in our near future, so it's going to be a lot of podcasting, uh, a lot of reruns. So we're going to do our part uh, to help fill that void. So you know, keep an eye out for us going forward over the next several weeks where we'll continue to talk about you know, the guys that we've seen over the past several months in the middle school classes, talk a little bit about high school basketball as well. Basically do anything we can to keep you guys sane. So that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in to episode eight of the Made Hoops podcast. Please make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to follow Made Hoops social platforms, Instagram and Twitter at Made Hoops. You can find me on social media at Eric underscore Hampford. Brian, where can the listeners find you on social? Yeah, on Instagram, you can find me at Hoops, And on Twitter, you can find me at Made. Also, be sure to check out our partner at Pure Hoops Media for their extensive storytelling, insight, and analysis in the world of basketball. Till next time.